Today, here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week, we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth, and we have a guest with us today, Roger Curlin, who is an architect. Thanks for joining me today, Roger. Thanks, Mike. Roger's come in on short notice because our prior prior planned guest couldn't make it. Let me tell you who's coming up uh, next week. On Thursday, we're going to have Zachary Green from MN8 Firefox. They provide... Uh, equipment and tools to fire people to prevent them from being disoriented uh, when entering a smoke-filled home or factory. On Thursday, the 31st, a week from today, we're going to have Phil Burney from BSI Engineering. And then we're going to have Scott Davis from Panklore on the 7th of, of June. Uh, we have Kevin Cummings from uh, Battery on June 13th. On June 14th, we have Patrick Clements from Pentacle Solutions. And from Interfab, we have Wendell Bell, the CEO, on June 27th. So we have an exciting lineup of, uh, of people coming on the show. And uh, let me tell you everyone a little bit about Roger. He's an accomplished planner and architect, a business executive with over 35 years experience in directing, planning, design, and development of activities. He's got a proven track record of successfully orchestrating multidisciplinary project teams and completing a planned development under budget and on schedule. He worked, he's worked in both the public and private sectors. He's a highly motivated individual with a unique background Master as a master planner, land planner, architect, real estate development, engineering, and project management. Roger has uh, been associated with OKI for a number of years, and you just joined the board of our OKI? Correct. Good. Most people who don't know what OKI is, Roger, why don't you tell them? OKI is the Regional Council of Governments. Mm-hmm. I'm proud to be a new member as of January of this year uh, after having been an alternate for the last six years. Okay. And, and currently, he's working with Childress and Cunningham Architects. Correct. Childress and Cunningham, or C and C Architects, has been actively engaged in practice for 27 years. We're involved in architecture, planning, interior design, space planning, zoning, as your architectural advocate. Areas that we work in include elder care and senior housing, churches, theater design, 
commercial, industrial, multifamily, and single family, whether it's new construction or renovation expansions. Unique feature of our firm is that we offer construction management as an option to our clients that desire a single source provider. So this is where the actual architects who design the building actually go out on the construction site and make sure the buildings are being built per plan correctly? Correct. We also monitor, observe, and coordinate the construction for the owner. Mm-hmm. How often does uh, Children's and Cunningham do that? Uh, we offer it as an option mm-hmm. to our clients. So I would think that uh, anywhere from 20 to 30% of our projects are actively engaged with construction management. Mm-hmm. So they actually come back, the projects come back better, built better or a better budget? We, when, feel, we feel like they're built better and they come in on time, uh, under budget. It's a single source provider. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, client has just one person to coordinate the project with as opposed to dealing with many subcontractors, contractors, and other folks involved in the project. So you guys take the load off of the owner and actually protect them to make sure the building is built as originally specified. Correct. And there's no really... Uh, communication lapses or links between typically that you would have occasionally between an architect and a contractor that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, that's uh, that's important. Can you tell us anything else about Childress and Cunningham as a firm? We basically are market and relationship driven. And as a small firm, we offer quality design and service led by senior management that has over 90 some odd years of experience. Uh, Our principals of the firm, Alan Childress and Larry Cunningham, are actively involved in the project management day-to-day, so a client receives their personal attention. That, along with offering construction management services, really differentiates our firm and sets it apart. Mm -hmm. How many professionals are there at Childress and Cunningham? We have a 12-person firm. Mm -hmm. Good, so it's a nice-sized firm. And the firm has been around for how many years? 27 years. So you've been around the good times and the bad times. That's correct. And how long ago did you join the firm, Roger? I joined the firm three years ago. Okay. That's good. Uh, before you joined Jefferson Cunningham, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your background? I've been in the Cincinnati area since graduating from UC and have practiced architecture and planning for over 30 years uh, in the tri-state area. And I'm registered to practice architecture in eight states, plus I have my NCRB. Uh, what is it, an NCRB? It's the National Council of Architectural Registration Boards. And what which, does that do for one? Well, basically, in Washington, D.C., they keep your account and your record live every year so that if, let's say, I wanted to uh, design a project in Louisiana, and I don't have my license in Louisiana, mm-hmm. I can I can ask or request Louisiana to contact Washington, and in two to three weeks, usually, I can get my registration by reciprocity. Oh, okay. That, that's pretty good. Yeah, I became uh, acquainted with Larry Cunningham uh, over 25 years ago 
when we both have served on alumni governing boards at UC. I referred business to him in later years and eventually joined Childers and Cunningham three years ago. Okay. You did some work at uh, General Electric. Can you talk about that for a minute? I was a uh, global program manager for two years with uh, General Electric, enjoyed the experience, uh, enjoyed the travel until it became a five- to six-day proposition mm-hmm. uh, a week. The network of contacts and friends and contractors and consultants grew from a regional basis to a national basis. Okay, that's good. Roger has agreed to take questions, so if you have any questions today, you can call in on 646-595-4916, and we'll be able to screen your calls during the commercial breaks. You're you're registered in Kentucky, Ohio, and Indiana. I can understand that, because that's where we are. Why, Why did you bother to get registered in Georgia, Maryland, Virginia, and Pennsylvania? I previously had projects in those states mm-hmm. and acquired uh, registrations for one or several projects, and then I've kept those in force since that point in time. Mm-hmm. And I notice on your uh, your background that you're a Kentucky colonel. Does that mean you live in Kentucky? That means I live in Kentucky. That's you right. You have to live in Kentucky to become a colonel? <laughs> uh, I would think so. What are the requirements <laughs> to become a Kentucky colonel? <laughs> I wish I knew them all, but I would think you'd have to be an upstanding citizen of of good moral background and uh, ethics. Okay. Is that it? <laughs> you don't like to have to make a $10,000 contribution to a particular No, thing? no. Or charity? No. Okay. That's interesting. How did you get associated with OKI? Uh, I got associated with OKI through a former client and, and uh, now a friend of mine, who contacted me and offered me the chance of becoming his alternate mm-hmm. six years ago. So I've attended their monthly meetings for the last six meetings as an alternate, sitting on the sidelines, or in some instances, sitting in his chair when he could not make it to that meeting. What is the most important project that OKI is involved with right now? I think they're involved in several important projects. Uh, among them would be... A, the Brent Spence Bridge. Let's talk about the Brent Spence Bridge for a minute. <laughs> in, in, in relativity of what happened yesterday, uh, you heard about that. I think this was on Route 5 in uh, Washington. A truck hit a overpass on the bridge on Route 5, and the bridge fell down. It was built in 1955. It was classified as a... Uh, a bridge that had to be replaced because it didn't have uh, safety margins on either side, just like the Brent Spence. And two cars uh, went into the water. No, I had not heard about that. Yes. (laughs) I thought it was kind of unusual that a truck hitting a bridge would cause a major section of the bridge to fall into the water. And that bridge is in the same uh, category Age-wise, it's a little bit older than the Brent Spence, but but no, you're, you're right. It's in the same category as having. Uh, what, what is the name of that category? Why they want to replace the Brent Spence? Well, it's safe, but yet while it's safe, it's still 
obsolete from the standpoint of the uh, curb lanes being minimized. In, in essence, they do not really have any curb lanes or pull-off areas, which mm-hmm. you should have. Right. So the plan to build the, the new Brent Spence Bridge, which is what I understand is now scheduled for 2022 or something? Hopefully before then. Hopefully before then. What are they going to do with the existing bridge? Existing bridge will be part of the final solution. Existing bridge, as I understand it, uh, at least conceptually, will be handling a lot of the local traffic that will be destined for downtown Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And new roadways are going to be built for people who want to be- bypass? Correct. Correct. New roadways are going to be uh, part of the, the actual new structure, which will be constructed along some alignment to the west of the existing structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, how far along is the architectural work on the new bridge? If we have the money, could it? Could you turn dirt and start building tomorrow? No, no. Really? No. I, well, well, unlike a lot of other governmental entities are trying to get the money uh, lined up first. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think the planning are, is in the concept stage still. Mm-hmm. Uh, help me out here, because I'm, I'm a little confused about this. It, it's on a federal highway, 75. Uh, if the bridge were, were to fall down or collapse like the one did yesterday, wouldn't the federal government step in with the money to build the replacement? One would hope that. One would hope that. I know our local uh, governmental uh, leaders have been very active in Washington as well as in Frankfurt and Columbus. Uh, leading the way and trying to uh, establish the attention in the right uh, places and the prominence that this place that this bridge has along the I-75 corridor, the number of states it connects, the amount of commerce that uh, it represents and, and it, it handles on a daily basis is just phenomenal. And yet they're they're leaving its replacement to us here in the region. It's not a federal project. Correct. Don't let don't ask me to explain that. <laughs> hmm. What would happen uh in your opinion if they made it a toll bridge? I think the tolls would be uh, not astronomical. I think the tolls would be in line with what other bridges and structures are across the country. Uh, and it's it's an open debate right now uh, how the tolling could work or might work locally, whether local residents would, be, would receive a reduced toll or a minimized toll and you know how that would be governed and so on and so forth. Interesting question. We're going to come back to that. We're going to take a commercial break, and we're going to hear uh, Jimmy Fox talk about Tip Club, which is one of the things that we sponsor here at uh, Sandler Training. And the next meeting of Tip Club is Thursday, June 20th, from 7.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. Hi, I'm Jimmy Fox of Tip Club. 
Tip Club is a professional networking organization whose members help each other succeed. We meet once per month and provide a forum where business-to-business professionals are able to connect with more desirable opportunities and build long-term strategic partnerships. I'm inviting Cincinnati Business Talk listeners to come to our free networking event. You'll have the opportunity to meet new people, share leads and referrals, and grow your business through strategic alliances. Membership in our Cincinnati group is open to only one person per specific trade or occupation. Business-to-business professionals only, please. We do not accept multi-level marketing or recruiting-driven memberships. This is our only group in Cincinnati. We'll meet on the third Thursday of the month from 7.30 to 9 a.m. at Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, 4357 Ferguson Drive, Cincinnati, Ohio. To reserve a seat, please go to www.tipclub.com and click on the Events tab at the top of the page. Then, just scroll down the list until you come to the Cincinnati event. Or you may call 800-798-0270. That's 1-800-798-0270. Thank you, and we look forward to seeing you at our next networking event. This is Mike Roth and Roger Curlin again. Uh, Before the break, we were talking about the Brent's Bridge Project. Uh, A couple of years ago, they had a similar problem down in Louisville. Do you remember that, Roger? Yes. They needed an emergency bridge replacement. How did that get paid for? Do you know? Yeah, they are uh, proceeding with a system of tolls, and they actually started on their bridge processing many years before we did. Mm-hmm. So they've been in the queue and been involved with Washington and and all the correct agencies for many years and the funding and their funding and mechanisms going to be based on a toll system of some sort for not one but two bridges in Louisville. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think what they do in New York uh, in New Jersey where the the George Washington Bridge, for instance, only is told in one direction, would work here? No. Really? No. No, I really don't. Why not? I think you have too many inter- and intra-state travelers, and you have different, so many different types of of traveling and trips generated that that bridge helps handle mm-hmm. on a daily basis that I think it would be difficult to designate or or to differentiate the travelers from Michigan to Florida versus the... Eventually, they go back from Florida to Michigan. (laughs) I understand. But they may not not use this route. And at the same time, then you've got the truck traffic versus automobiles, and you've got the guy living in Covington or northern Kentucky who lives over in downtown Cincinnati. He works over in downtown Cincinnati. Right. Okay. Uh, it just charge twice as much. Go one way, you don't need half tolls. <laughs> uh, but electronic system uh, that they use on the expressways. Absolutely. Easy pass is what it's called. Uh, That's one system, correct. It would seem to be an easy way to do it. Hmm. Well, just since they know who owns the vehicle by the license plate number and they take a picture of the license plate number. 
you get a monthly invoice or quarterly or, or whatever the situation is from uh, uh, New York State. Or mm-hmm. so I, I, I was just curious. Are there any like duties of a Kentucky Colonel? Do you have to show up at places? <laughs> Back in the Kentucky Colonel. <laughs> well, I haven't spent a lot of time. You can't tell from my accent. I, I grew a, up in New York. Right? I must Sorry. be I must be fresh meat right now as far as Kentucky Colonel. Um, I've done about 120 of these shows, and no one <laughs> no one told me that they were a Kentucky Colonel. So you're the first Colonel I've had on the show. Oh, I I feel privileged. <laughs> no, I do consider it an honor. And uh, being born and raised in Indiana, having spent most of my time in Ohio, and now I'm living in Kentucky, and I've practiced architecture in both Ohio and Kentucky for many years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how long have you been a colonel? I would say I've been a colonel for the last five to six years. Okay. What do you think uh, the main reason is that people buy their architectural services uh, design-build from uh, Childress and Cunningham? Well, we're not so much design-build as we are construction management. I, again, I, I think they do that because they're interested in a single source provider. They do not want to personally get involved with all of the bidding process, all of the coordination of the construction, the budgets, the schedules, the field decisions, and all of those things that an owner's rep or a construction manager can handle for them. Is it economical to do it that way? Yes. You can save uh, time and save dollars from many times from that vantage point. Uh, and, of course, the time you save really equates to dollars in the long run. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does Children's in Cunningham go to market? We go to market as a small firm and, again, with our two principals involved in Project management, a client receives a personal attention. That's a differentiator. A second differentiator is offering the construction management services as an option. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You guys have a, at Children's and Cunningham, have a long-term strategic planning process for the firm? We just completed, I'm glad you asked that, we just completed a long-term strategic planning uh, process. Uh, we're in the process of dotting the I's and crossing the T's now. Uh, the process included the entire staff. It was very comprehensive. And we had internal, external leaders, and it was most engaging. Mm-hmm. How long is the strategic plan? The strategic plan, conceptually, I would think is really geared for, I would think, no more than three years with the possibility it could be expanded, uh, say, to five years. Mm-hmm. When we do strategic planning with our clients, we always recommend two-year plan at this stage of the economy and a revision every six months because too many things change. Oh, I, absolutely. And, uh, you, you know, we're, we're in the middle of a uh, uh, just a almost a total transformation in in business values and uh, uh, shifting values from the used to have a focus on service. Now, now there's a focus on solutions. Mm -hmm. Uh, You had the information gathering. Now we have knowledge sharing. Uh, 
things were performance driven. Now they're relationship driven. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were involved in the interpreting technology. Now you're linking technology. You're, you mentioned General Electric while ago, which is infamous for having different silos within their internal structure. Now you have collaborative teams. People used to be able to respond to change and, and, and beat on their chest to that tune. Now you're trying to create change. Um, and at one time people had a property focus. Now you're supposed to have a strategic focus. Mm-hmm. Each one of those is, is probably worth some discussion. Again, if you had any questions for Roger, you can call in on 646-595-4916. Roger, what do you think the, the market is like in terms of opportunities and possibilities for an architectural firm like Childress and Cunningham? There's many opportunities out there. We're constantly going where the clients take us, uh, providing services that they need or do not want to self-perform. So a lot of our scope of services are dictated by our clients. Mm -hmm. And that's how an architect can get into new revenue streams and new uh, sectors, if you will. Mm -hmm. What sectors are uh, Children's and Cunningham currently actively involved in? We're involved in elder care, senior housing, churches, uh, theatrical and performing arts centers, designs. So you design theaters? Yes, we have a gentleman on staff that's designed quite a few theaters. Mm. We're in the the midst of uh, designing, completing the design work on one in, in downtown Cincinnati renovation. And at the same time, we're looking at the prospects of a second theater design. That's good. I was in a the theater a couple of weeks ago that needed a, a, a much better design than it had. <laughs> it needed attention. I'm surprised it got by the fire code. Uh, I, I thought if there was a problem in the fire, the 300-odd uh, people in the theater, would most of them would not make it out. But that's me. I'm not an architect. I was just sitting there in the audience looking at the place saying, wow, this is not going to work in a fire. And and keeping an eye on your watch. <laughs> Why was I watching my watch? On how soon you could evacuate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we were in the middle of the second row of the orchestra. I figured if it was a fire, uh, we were dead. Let me ask what the difference is between the first two things that you mentioned. You said elder care and the second thing was something like nursing homes, senior housing. What's the difference between elder care? Cause, I, mean, I think of elder care, I'm thinking of the visiting nurse service. No, elder care would, would involve continuing care retirement centers or an old parlance would be in nursing homes. Mm-hmm. Um, but continuing care retirement centers include independent living, assisted living, skilled nursing, facilities, memory care, short-term rehab, hospice, mm-hmm. adult daycare. So it's an all-encompassing term, and there's many campuses that include all of those services. And a, a resident can progress from one area to another on a given campus, if you will. Uh, senior housing can take 
many forms of which it can be part of elder care or senior housing could be uh, independent living or condominiums or uh, transitional uh, housing. Uh, and plus, we do a lot of work with some of the regional nonprofit agencies in town in which are involved in low-income housing. Okay. Uh, again, if you have a question for Roger, you can call in on 646-595-4916. And let's listen to a couple of Sandler commercials. Imagine you just left your prospect's office and he now has your proposal, quote, or estimate. What do you suppose he's going to do with that valuable information that you just gave him for free? Call you tomorrow with an order? Get real! He's shopping it around to the competition. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Roth & Associates. I'm the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. I'm constantly amazed how salespeople operate. They believe a prospect asking for a proposal means the sale is as good as closed. Face it, trained prospects will turn you into an unpaid consultant. For over 20 years, we've been coaching, training, and challenging professionals who are 100% committed to long-term sales growth and profitability, no matter what it takes. If you're deadly serious about increasing sales, call me at 513-646-6523. Find out how Sandler Training can make you better, faster, and stronger. Or register now for our next open house, 513-646-6523. This is Mike Roth, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. You've heard our commercials about sales and sales management, but you haven't made the call for some reason. Maybe you're having your best year ever. Maybe you think a sales development company won't work in your industry. You're different. I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard that. Maybe you're afraid that if you called, you'd buy something. If you're happy with all your sales and profits, and believe you have all the answers or simply don't see yourself investing in yourself or your people, then don't make the call. We have nothing for you. For over 20 years, we've been coaching, mentoring, business owners, and sales professionals who are serious about their careers. So if you believe that Sandler Sales Training might make you better, faster, meaner, and stronger, call me at 513-646-6523 or register for our next open house. Roth & Associates, the most experienced sales trainer in Cincinnati. You can check us at www.rothconsultant.net. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Roger Curlin from Childress and Cunningham. Roger, why don't you tell uh, our listeners how they can get a hold of you at Childress and Cunningham after the show is over next week? Roger Curlin at Childress and Cunningham. The email address is r.curlin at cc-architects.com. Our phone number is 513-281-3500. Good. Uh, Roger, we have a theory of operation here that simple solutions to complex problems are invariably wrong. Therefore, if you want to solve a complex problem, you have to have an equally complex solution to solve it. Otherwise, you're going to be wrong. So perhaps you could share with our audience a complex problem that you've encountered in your career and the equally complex solution that you use to solve it that might be applicable for other people in other industries. Sure. I think this is applicable to a lot of us. Uh, let's say you have an aging mother-in-law. Uh, one of the sectors that we're heavily engaged in is elder care. Uh, and we are not, uh, uh, fortunately, 
our culture is not involved in warehousing old people or thinking of them as being in nursing homes anymore. Uh, we feel at Childress and Cunningham like we're contributing to meaningful solutions by creating neighborhoods for these elderly citizens to flourish in retirement communities where you'd have a neighborhood of, let's say, 12 residences. Um, and they have some common uh, amenities within those that residential neighborhood the neighborhood can vary from 10 to 14, 16, but 12 is usually a good, comfortable number. We're providing multi-generational answers of what to do with Uncle Ralph, if you will. Uncle Ralph may need some assistance now and then, but Uncle Ralph still is very viable. He's fun-loving, and in some instances, he wants to still lead an active life. may or may not have an automobile. He may or may not be able to cook for himself, but Uncle Ralph wants to go out go to a Reds game, go fishing with the grandchildren, and be engaged with life and all the social purposes. I can identify with that. We have an Uncle Harold like that. Have you built any communities like this with multiple dwell- multiple dwelling buildings? Yes, yes. We have a, a project right now that has all of these amenities uh, involved with them, and we are looking at others right now. Mm-hmm. You're in this area? One is in Bowling Green, Kentucky, Mm -hmm. with an old client of ours. Right near the uh, Chevrolet Corvette plant. Somewhat close to the Corvette plant. Yeah, it's always a good place. Uh, Any others closer than that? We have some others that we're taking a look at here that's more in the Cincinnati area. Mm -hmm. You guys also engage in the redesign or repurpose of existing structures? Oh, absolutely. We do. A majority of our work is involved in renovations, repurposing, redefining existing structures, including reviewing structures as far as code review, uh, updating them, uh, uh, providing handicap uh, uh, review of all of the modifications and and uh, creature comforts that we need in today's society. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys were not involved in the uh, Vernon Manor conversion to office building, were you? No, our offices are close to that, but no, we were not involved in the Vernon Manor. Mm-hmm. That seems to be a, a rather strange project to convert a hotel into an office building. But they pulled it off. That it means that the building and the structure really had good bones, Mm-hmm. and uh, there was value in preserving it and retrofitting it. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you think people are looking for right now from an architectural firm? I think the with the upturn in the economy, I think that there's going to be more mergers and acquisitions that will steadily increase this year, which is going to also create real estate development design and construction opportunities. Uh, I think people in an architectural firm are looking for someone that they can trust. I think trust is a large factor in their decisions and someone where they have the chemistry with them. I once asked a client of mine several years ago, we had wound up doing three or four projects for them, various sizes, scales, everything else. And I said, why did you choose us? We never have talked about this. This is four years later. Mm -hmm. And he said, I didn't have a comfort factor 
with the other guys, and I felt that I could trust you guys, and and the comfort level was there. Mm-hmm. Now, we like to tell our business development people, uh, salespeople, and other professionals that people buy from other people that they like and trust. And if you don't develop that first, everything else in the process is on hold. Correct. Yeah, trust and honesty, uh, I think, is first and foremost in our business. Mm-hmm. Let's shift gears a minute and go, and go back to your involvement with OKI. And uh, maybe you could explain some of the positive aspects uh, about OKI. When was OKI created? What has it done for our region? Uh, OKI was, was created several years ago. I don't have the exact date. I do know that uh, it has changed a great deal. I was on a transportation committee back in the early 80s representing a, a company that I worked for in downtown Cincinnati. And I can tell you that it has progressed, grown, become much more sophisticated uh, over the years. Uh, there are just a, a plethora of uh, challenges and issues that it handles. Uh, those all involve clean air, uh, water quality, and various land transportation improvements. Uh, the issues that come before us really impact the quality of life in the tri-state, while at the same time they enhance the economic development for the entire region. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really all are in this together, and I think OKI unifies this. It's a, it's a collaboration, uh, and collaboration is a byword. It, it goes across townships, cities, corporation limits, county lines, and state lines. Mm-hmm. Does OKI have any uh, real power or authority? Well, their power and authority is uh, vested in... Uh, approving and obtaining and, and and making sure that about $40 million worth of improvements uh, get under construction mm-hmm. in this region. Besides the Brent Spence Bridge, is there anything else that uh, people uh, should know about that OKI is in, involved with in the foreseeable future? Just many road improvements, railroad uh, improvements uh, between here and Columbus. Uh, we look at uh, air and water quality improvements in all three states, Indiana, Kentucky, and Ohio. Uh, Are we going to have good passenger rail service between Cincinnati and Columbus ever? Perhaps one day. Not in your lifetime or my <laughs> lifetime, though. <laughs> Had to ask the question. <laughs> They got great service between New York and Boston, Boston, New York and Washington, Philadelphia. Great train train transportation. Here we don't have it. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. How many members are there on this board at OKI? There's 108 board members made up of the local uh, governmental entities and residences, uh, resident members. Mm-hmm. I happen to be a resident member since I'm not an elected official from the uh, tri-state area. How do you guys ever get anything done with 108 
eight people on the board. Uh, it's very well organized, and they have an excellent staff, and they have, a again, a collaborative effort from the staff as well as the regional governments. Again, we're all in this thing together, and it's not a... Uh, it's not the backstabbing elements of, that some people would think would would exist between communities or between states. Mm-hmm. And the bridge, you know, the bridge we uh, keep going back to, the bridge is just another one of those unifiers. Mm-hmm. You can't tell from my accent that I grew up in New York. Uh, but in New York, it was the uh, Port Authority that built a lot of bridges. And that was the vehicle. Mm-hmm. We may arrive at that vehicle here, but uh, I know there's been some dialogue along those lines with the local port authority. And there's also quite a few other additional port authorities that have originated along the uh, river corridor, mm-hmm. both in Kentucky and in Ohio. Mm-hmm. How does OKI, uh, well, maybe technology in general, affect the architectural business? Technology's had a tremendous impact on the architectural and engineering uh, craft, uh, just like it has in a retail business. You know, retailing now, a customer comes, uh, is being profiled as they enter the store, uh, and the sales representative has the likely merchandise of the correct size, color, and ran out on the sales counter that the prospective shopper is looking for. In the A&E industry, you know, there's such things as laser imaging for surveying, uh, building confirmation, dimensioning, and, and speed in an architectural shop is becoming more and more important in delivering construction documents. Uh, but nowadays, we're doing that more so in state in the states, whereas what was popular in the 90s uh, firms were shipping work overseas to take advantage of cheaper labor rates. Mm-hmm. And not doing that anymore? Not as much. Still okay. being done, but it's not being done as frequently. And the days of blueprints are gone? Days of blueprints are behind us, correct. Mm-hmm. If you have blueprints, hang on to them. They'll be worth something someday. Really? <laughs> okay. We're going to take a uh, another commercial break. We're going to listen to a a San LaRue, and then we'll be back. Again, if you wanted to uh, ask Roger a question, the number is 646-595-4916. Let's listen to rule number four. Hi, I'm Gary Harvey with Sandler Training. I'm here to discuss with you today rule number four, a decision not to make a decision is making a decision. Have you ever yourself, have you gone out shopping for something, you had a salesperson show you whatever it is you're looking for, you really have an interest to buy but you're not really sure. Flip side, you may actually realize you really don't want to buy it but you don't want to hurt their feelings. So you use the most proverbial words in sales that salespeople don't want to hear but they're willing to accept called the proverbial think it over. I'm a firm believer in all the salespeople that I have coached throughout my career but that really is a code for the word a slow no. I had a client recently that was proposing a fairly large project to a prospect. Prospect said, gee, you looked interesting. We have a lot of interest in what you're offering. And by the way, we really like you. So one of the things that made him feel like I've got it. So they said, let us get back to you the next week. But this looks really good, but we do need to think it over. 
We're a firm believer at Sandler Training that if it's going to be a think it over, nine out of ten times, it's going to be a no, but they don't want to tell you that. We're also firm believers that if it's going to be a no, we all know this intellectually, don't we? We want to know right up front. But emotionally, we don't want to hear those words. So plant your feet, stay on your ground, and be willing to say to a potential client, with all due respect, Mr. or Mrs. Prospect, that decision not to make a decision really is making a decision. And it's a no in my world, and it's okay to tell me that. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Roger Curlin of Childress and Cunningham. Uh, Roger, why don't you tell us our audience a little bit about uh, the reinvention of an architectural firm based on our economy? Um, because of our economy and the down period that uh, we're hopefully coming out of, some architectural firms have uh, had to reinvent themselves or streamline their operations. They've uh, uh, reduced payroll, they've changed their focus, they're providing basic services, while others reinvent themselves by diversifying, going the other direction, expanding the scope of services that they're offering. Uh, business is picked up for many firms with this upturn, uh, while the sequester that we've encountered in the last few months has produced layoffs in consulting firms that depend upon federal government or defense department contracts. Mm -hmm. So all the business uh, in the right pad area has dried up? Uh, I would think that it has been uh, minimized. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What else should a, a firm do to reinvent itself for the next 10 years? Uh, diversification is is among those things as well as following your client, offering your client, providing the service your client needs but does not have another source, being a resource for that client. Uh, architecture is, is having new definitions on a daily basis. So architects are providing services uh, not products, but services that they never dreamed that they would be providing years ago, if you will. Uh, in a lot of instances, it's becoming a builder. Uh, it's becoming an owner's representative. Uh, it's becoming their real estate consultant. It's becoming their um, consultant on many things related to construction, design, uh, or development. Our architectural firms... Uh acquiring one another? Has there been consolidation in that in that way in the industry? Uh, to a certain extent, but I think the, the preponderance of numbers of architectural firms are still very small firms mm -hmm. uh, across the country. You have many you know, three, five-person to ten-person firms uh, that expand upon their work in the residential arena as well as getting involved in the commercial arena. You have very, you have a lot more boutique firms or firms that are just a specialist. You know, I'm only going to do a hospital or another firm is only doing uh, car dealerships, if you will. I don't know how you could survive making only car dealerships. <laughs> I thought they were closing. Every place I turn around is an empty car dealership. Changing subject a little bit on you, uh, Roger. Uh, perhaps 
you could give our listeners a leadership tip. We like to give at least one leadership tip per show for the CEOs and company presidents that are listening, perhaps from Childerson Cunningham, an architectural firm. What is the leadership tip? Leadership tip is is very, very simple. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Well, I've heard that a few times. That's a good leadership tip. And it goes back again, as we mentioned before, building trust and uh, comfort level mm-hmm. with the client. Okay. Uh, perhaps you could share with us what your internet strategy is. You guys have a. Uh, your, do you build your own website, or you? Because you're an architect, I mean, you could say a, a website is an architectural structure. Uh, do you build your own, or you you farm that out? We have worked on it a great deal ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're looking right now as part of the uh, wrap up of our strategic planning to as far as updating it and tweaking the website and becoming more internet savvy than we've been in the past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you guys engaged in search engine optimization? Uh, we've looked into that. Uh, one avenue we're exploring right now is social media platforms mm-hmm. uh, and becoming more active with blogs and Make sure you put this show on your blog. Certainly. And getting involved with, uh, more involved with LinkedIn and uh, other platforms such as Google Plus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and how about pay-per-click? Google, Google's pay-per-click. Are you guys doing that? If someone is looking for an architect in Cincinnati, you want to be the top-listed firm in Google? Sure. Sure, I think I think there's many firms that do that. I think we're we're among them, if you will, uh, on Google. Oh, and you, you you're, you're buying pay per click. I I have no idea what that term is. I really don't. Uh, okay, <laughs> you're not the internet architect of the firm, I, no. For the best, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, I you said the firm has about twelve people. In your in your plan for 2013-14, are you planning to add more people to your company? Not at the present time. Um, we're comfortable with the group we have, with the size we have, and again, uh, who's to say what's going to happen in a year? Since again, we're market driven and client driven. Mm-hmm. How do you see the market? Is it going up? Market staying level or going down? Market market is there's activity that has picked up and the market seems to be on an upbeat swing right now mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully that's a long uh, curve if you will. And that's both residential and commercial. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which one's growing faster in your opinion? I would think regionally and probably nationally, residential is growing more really? quickly. Uh, the projects that are most easily to finance are also driving the economy, and those are in two sectors. One is industrial, and the other is multifamily or apartments. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that is easier to finance? Absolutely. I'm surprised to hear manufacturing. Are a lot of people bringing back their manufacturing from the third world? Some are, mm-hmm. yes heard a lot about that. Uh, who are your best prospects? Our best prospects 
really, because um, anyone out there looking for architectural services, our best prospects are someone's in someone is in need of taking a look at an old building, or someone's looking for a new address, or they can't decide whether to renovate their present facility or expand it or build new. Uh, they don't know whether the, how good the bones are in their present facility, and they need a professional taking an objective viewpoint of that particular facility and giving them an honest uh, opinion, opinion and uh, rendering advice along those lines as far as new construction versus renovation. Have you guys been involved in the renovations in Over the Ride? We have been involved on a limited basis in past years. We haven't been involved in any of the present activity over there, but we certainly are open to getting more involved in it. We've got one project right now that's uh, on our boards that's in over the Rhine. Mm-hmm. If you were given a free hand to solve the problem, how would you guys solve the parking problem in over the Rhine? Give you a free hand. A free hand in the parking problem. Right. Create more parking opportunities within Over the Rhine. By? There's probably more buildings in Over the Rhine that don't really don't really deserve to be preserved. Mm-hmm. While there are, I'm, I'm a staunch preservationist, there are many of those that do deserve to be preserved. But I'm saying that there's other alternatives such as green space, surface parking, as well as structured parking. And there could be more community parking areas for over the ride. So take some buildings out correct that don't deserve uh preservation. Correct. And put in either green space or parking to to solve the problem. To help alleviate the problem. Mm-hmm. Perhaps not totally solve it, but at least alleviate it. Mm-hmm. No. Well, if you're gonna get people to live down there you have to Away, in, in this marketplace, a way for them to, to handle their vehicles. Correct. Okay. What do you think is the newest trend in architecture that you see? I think the newest trend in architecture is is um, multifold, but I think it also is uh, a majority of that is a trend back to walkable communities, and the particularly with the millennials wanting to live, play, and enjoy life not that far from the workplace. They want to be close to their uh, job. They are looking being able to walk, perhaps that they're not even uh, involved with automobile anymore. Yeah, I have a nephew who uh, is a TV producer in uh, Florida. Uh, quit his job down there to move to Washington, D.C., so that he didn't have to own a car anymore. Right. Uh, Bicycles are in. Bicycles are in. Uh, Roger, I want to thank you for uh, appearing on the show today, especially at the last minute. Uh, An appreciation for doing that. I'm going to be giving you a copy of uh, one of uh, Five Minutes with Vito, which is a, a great book that describes how to get in front of a very important top officer. It was written by Tony Paranella and Dave Matson. And uh, inside there, we're going to give you a free pass to sit through some train, sandler training. Thanks again for visiting with us. Hope everyone has a, a great weekend. And Scott, why don't you take it away? 
Thanks for listening. This program is the property of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, Inc. The show may be distributed only with written permission and then only in its entirety. If you have any questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400.